thank you for being here and thank you for tuning in from home or the beauty of this of being able to, of a hybrid service, is that there are some people who are here in the sanctuary, and there are a lot of you, a lot more, that are home, or dare I say, I don't know exactly where you are, but I know that you're tuned in, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that that's an option, because it wasn't that long ago when that was not an option for us, at least. And so I'm grateful that we're doing this and that we are absolutely acknowledging that we are on an adventure in faith. Now, when we started declaring that as our theme, an adventure in faith, and then now we have added for this year, moving forward together, when we first started it, it, was, it felt really personal. Our adventure in faith was very much about our personal lives and discerning how the challenges were supporting us and expanding our capacity in so many ways, but the world has met us at the adventure in faith because now there are wars and rumors of wars, as the Bible says, absolutely. So we are truly on an adventure in faith at the micro level, at the most personal level in our lives, living in this quasi-post, well, I can't even say post, in this, in this COVID experience. And it's not like everything else removed itself and all we had to contend with was COVID. And so it's the uh, the pandemic, as some have said, that there are, are multiple challenges for us that affect all of us or most of us or so many of us that it feels like it's all of us. And so this adventure in faith where we determine that we are, in fact, moving forward together, I would want to call our attention to the fact that Friday was Earth Day and that in its own way that that is a a call to action. You know, it's a challenge when we think about what is required of us in order to honor the planet in such a way that we are contributing to the sustainability of all life. <laughs> I'm resisting because I remember when, when the elders would tell me, when I was a child, it was this way, and it was when I was younger, it was that way, and I was like, oh, Lord, not that again. And what I realized is that more and more I'm going there. <laughs> you know, just live long enough, and you become the ones. But I was just thinking about how common it is now for us to hear about endangered species. And humanity on many levels, are a part of that. And we've expanded the list beyond and beyond. And I would just remind us that this is on our watch, that there is something for us to know. And to know at such a level, the way I describe it to myself is that if I was awakened out of a deep sleep, I would declare my knowing. Now, there are a lot of things that I claim I know, but if you awaken me out of a deep sleep, I would wonder what you were talking about. But there is that that we must really know 
beyond our name. That if we're awakened from a deep sleep, and I don't just mean, you know, cozied up in the bed, but I mean awakened from a deep sleep, awakened from the sedative that we seem to have all taken, awakened from the deep sleep of complacency, of somebody else will do it. It's going to work out and I don't have to do not a thing. My sense is that this, our intention to move forward together implies, and let me just say it out loud, means there's something for each of us. We're not, we're not demanding the same thing of each person, but somebody's going to have to make some sandwiches. Somebody's going to have to forgive. Somebody's going to have to connect in a way that they don't want to or haven't recently. It's going to require something more from each of us. And I don't know what's going to be required from you. I'm not here to tell you that. But I know that that's true about each and every one of us. So I'm, I'm wanting to use Earth Day because I think it's something that we, we understand in the sense that while we don't know what everybody must do and everything that's required, we all know something more is required. That we can't just do status quo and then get to the end of the game and go, ooh, wasn't that good? We did the right thing. We're going to have to dig deeper. We're going, we're going to be required to know more. And I'm going to tie this to, you know, after the resurrection and yet before the, the, the way the story is told, there is certainly the pre-crucifixion, there's the crucifixion, there's the resurrection, and there's the ascension. Well, between the resurrection and the ascension, there's a lot going on. And I feel like that's kind of where we are. Well, at any given point, we're on the entire continuum, let's be clear. But right now, I want to highlight that time because that time between the resurrection and the ascension is a time when the master teacher, Yeshua, that the world ultimately came to call Jesus, is teaching the disciples. Let me pause for a moment and just say thank you to my brother, Dr. Will Coleman. Thank you for his amazing teaching because one of the things that, that he said among all of the brilliance that he dropped on us last Sunday on Easter was that the women were advanced students, if you will. Because what he said was that the women that were the disciples, the, the apostles, the female apostles that surrounded uh, the master teacher that they already knew, but the disciples had to learn that he was busy teaching them. And there were those times that what it was with, it's, the way it's written was with great frustration. You know, he's like, you know, I'm not going to be with y'all always. You're going to have to do better. And they would often be master. This is a hard teaching. Because on a certain level, they were, not, they were not advanced students in that sense. And he had not chosen them as advanced students. But they come to a point where, where after the resurrection, the master teacher, it, the way it's written is that he returns. And there are those who don't recognize him initially, and there are those who do. But there's a point at which he is, he is engaged in getting them ready. 
getting them ready for a time when, when he is not with them physically at all. But there's that that they're going to have to know because there's that that they need to teach. And many, let me speak for me, I teach it to learn it. This is not a mountaintop teaching. I want to disabuse you of any sense of that I got it all together and I rode in here on something and I'm just throwing stuff out, the wisdom from the overflow of my life. I am often hollering at y'all from the valley and learning it and I do my best to be honest about it. There may be some of you who are tired of the valley teaching, but this is just, I can't do but what I can do. And I have often been brought to my knees in my misunderstanding or my mistrust or my unwillingness to surrender where there's a lot that just has my claw prints on it. You know, not even fingerprints, but where I just grabbed on and I was going to hang on to my misinformation, to my unwillingness to just surrender, to just, you know, it's easy to say, let go, let God. Go ahead, say it. Let go, let God. It just rolls off the tongue. But try doing that. Be about it. I mean, it literally, oh, I've just let go, let God. Oh, yes. You feel like you want to learn that in a few different languages. But the task is to do it. Not to say it more clever and interesting ways. And I am challenged, and I'm here most Sundays, speaking of some version of that. And yet I am challenged often to truly let go, because I got a good idea about it. No, let me try what I'm doing. Like I have learned by now to just let go and not my way. Thy will, not mine. Oh, I'm a slow learner sometimes. I'm bright as they come. But Lord, I can be a slow learner, bringing up the rear on what's required. Well, the master teacher in working with disciples very much like me, I I over-identify with it. I have a great affinity for our resistance and our unwillingness to just get it. So what, what I notice in this, there's a lot that's happening during this period. What I want to highlight is how the master teacher injected paradox. He injected paradox, declaring to them impossible combinations. Now, throughout his ministry, you'll notice that this is what he did. Part of it was this notion of a good Samaritan. Well, in that time, it was like, he must be crazy. No such thing. Now, we have our own version of that, and I'm just going to leave you to, when you come or when you tune in, you're expected to connect the dots. I can't do all the work. So you're going to connect the dots. But when he said good Samaritan, people were like, what is he talking about? There's no such thing as a good Samaritan. A Samaritan, by its very definition and the way they were using it, was godless. This was not, there was no good Samaritan. But the master teacher said, oh, yeah. And I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to share a parable so that you can begin to see that things are not as you've been told that they are. That right there in the midst of it is a greater truth. For Palm Sunday when he rides into kingship on a donkey, it's paradoxical. 
because they were looking for a Messiah. They were looking for a warrior. They were looking for somebody to bring Rome to its knees. Not come in on a donkey. But the paradox of it is and it ain't in a bagger vans kind of way. Don't be fooled by the way it appears. He's saying, you're going to have to develop something beyond interpretation by appearance. The last shall be first. What you talking about, Yeshua? It's supposed to be the first goes first. He, he come talking about the last will be first. So I'm wanting you to get a sense of how topsy-turvy the teaching is. It's requiring that you set aside a lot of what you think you know. I'm talking to you this morning. I'm talking to me and y'all are eavesdropping is what's really happening. Y'all do some eavesdropping good, by the way. So the master teacher is also shattering existing concepts of conventional wisdom. He said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well, they were like, no, it ain't. It's in the great beyond. We're living in the be about the beyond. It's not about now because we are suffering now and we're expecting to suffer now, but later it's going to be better. He's like, ah, it's at hand. He said, faith like a mustard seed. How can it be where you say I need more faith, but you're talking about the size of a mustard, the size of a mustard seed is sufficient? Can you see how we're shaking it up? He was giving folks headaches in the vernacular. <laughs> he reversed the idea of the Broadway. See, when you're controlling people, the Broadway works because you want everybody, all moths, to go the way you say go. You said it was just do this. And he said, oh, no, it's a narrow way. What you mean? We've all been following conventional wisdom, doing it the way everybody else was doing it. And he's saying, no, there's a, a, another way. In fact, he called the broad way the foolish way. And the narrow way was the wise way. He's turning it on its head, requiring us to expand our thinking in new ways. And now, after the resurrection, he's adding a call to action. So I want to take you to Luke 10. And it's dense, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my best to kind of to work through it because, first of all, he is establishing for them that no matter how it looks, the diversity of the world, we are one. And we're going to have to come to a way to, to sense within ourselves that, that we are one and find a way to communicate and find a way to meet people where they are. And so in Luke 10, we find the master teacher who is, who is really, I'm, I'm going to do my best to share this scripture that you see on the screen right now. I'm going to do my best to give my sense of, of kind of a more a metaphysical, which metaphysical, of course, is just beyond the physical. So I'm just, it's taking it beyond because y'all know that we're not reading scripture literally. You cannot. You would lose, your, your head would explode. Because of all the contradictions, the paradoxes, the, it, it's never intended to be read that way. Frank, mm, mm, 
stay on the point, Andrea. So here we go. The scripture says, so now after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them two by two to face every city and place. And so what's happening here is that the the number seven and 70, certainly, um, seven represents the whole, the completion, capacity. So when you make it 70, you're talking about expanding that. So it doesn't matter so much how many people exactly were there. I'm not here today to give testimony that there were 70 people. I'm here to give you a concept that what's happening here is an expansion, We're expanding the capacity for the teaching for the word. This two by two is exactly what Reverend Amon was teaching us about the head and the heart, the male and the female, will and love and feeling and all of that. So it's two by two. It's the connectedness of all that matters. Whenever you're going to get a thing done, you're going to have to do it what? Two by two, because you're going to have to put your mind and your heart together, or you're going to be doing what we commonly call two steps forward, two back. You're just going to be in the thing rather than moving forward. So this is a moving forward. This notion of every city and place is, I'm, I'm getting it that, that we're talking about the, the cells of the body. Remember, it's always, it's always you. It's really one person. Remember, we are one. So it's one person, even when we're talking about large numbers and we're talking about the individuals is the way it's presented here and places, and things, but we're talking about the intelligent cells of the body. So you're going to be changing, shifting, informing. The the call to action is to inform the shift within, certainly, and whatever is within is without. And then there's this, this saying that we've heard so many times that he said to them that the harvest is indeed plenteous. Well, anytime you talk about the harvest, it's a now time. Because when we talk about the harvest, it means it's time to get it. And they didn't waste words in that sense. So we're talking about a a now time and this notion of the laborers being few, excuse me, the laborers are few. It's this, at least to me, the laborers are always indicative of our ability to get a thing done. Our ability to do whatever is required. So What's happening here is that our ability to do whatever is required is not yet at the point that is required in order to do the thing. Yeah. So the laborers are few, meaning we're going to have to up our game. Not that there are too few people, but the capacity has not been expanded to the point at which. Now, let me be clear. I am not claiming to be a theologian. I'm just working it out. That's that's all I can tell you. So look, all right. So this idea of go forth, but look, it tells you, you are, I'm sending you forth as lambs unto the mist of wolves. So I'm telling you that you're going to be in a hostile environment, George Floyd. I'm I'm telling you, people of color, that it's a, but you're going to have to go anyhow. You're going to have to be, you're going to have to live, you're going to have to expand your consciousness, you're going to have to play full out, and 
I'm telling you right now, it's a hostile environment. I'm telling you that when you step out there in this women in the world, that nobody's going to run out there to greet you and bring you in. And if you do, (laughs) look them in the eye twice. I'm sending you out there but I know you can do it and don't take anything with you. This is an interesting part of the scripture. It says, carry no purse, no wallet, no shoe. Now, you know this is a translation because you know you didn't say this. Don't you love it when you get to a part like, but but it's coming. It's like, don't take your backpack. Don't take your good backpack. Don't take the one on the wheels with with the wheels that roll independently. You know what I mean? We updated it. But the idea here is don't take any of the things you rely on. You know, if you've traveled recently, or, or if you can remember back when you traveled, you think about, like I used to keep a little, a little bag packed with the toiletries once they start limiting the size of the containers that you could put in the carry-on. I just kept that set up with all my little stuff so I'd be ready to go. Well, it's saying don't take that. What, what, you, mean, what you talking about, Jesus? What you mean don't take my, don't take my, don't take my goodie bag? Now, why? Because I want you fully reliant. I want you surrendered. I want you leaving here knowing you don't have nothing with you but you, but the divine. I want you leaving here trusting in the all in all. I want you knowing that you are not expected to trust in what you have in your bag. I want you to know that all of your needs are met. This is a hard teaching. Because you're sending me out there to the wolves and you're telling me don't take nothing. He didn't even mention switchblade or nothing. I mean, we just, we we need to keep it real, right? But just the basic stuff. Because y'all know they had weapons under those robes. They had to. They had to. They were people like we are. But it's like, don't take any of that. And this notion of don't salute people on the way, it's that in the culture, they were all pretending to be extroverts, apparently. Because they were all stopping and really chatting it up. You'd have to learn about the children you have and where you're going and where you've been. And all. he was like, Mm-mm, you're on a mission. You don't have time for all that. But it was understood that the people who were moving on, I imagine like now at the airport where you just give the nod and just keep going, it's because you're moving through. If folks understood you're not being rude, you're on a mission. So he's giving instruction on, on this call to action. I'm sending you out there. Don't take nothing and keep moving. And look at here. When you get to the house, house is always body. It's always consciousness, the body of consciousness. So when you enter, bring peace. And when you speak your word of peace, harmony will be there. He's saying, but but if you don't experience the harmony there, he's like, don't worry about it. Just speak that and move on. But in that same consciousness, he says, remain eating and drinking such things as they give. This is important because the idea here is that different sex didn't eat with other sex. S 
E-C-T. Yes. I got to help my people. I know I do. All right? S-E-C-T-S. Sext. They didn't, because they had their own rules about food preparation and what was okay to eat and what wasn't. But he's saying, we're doing something else now. Go on in there and eat whatever they offer you. Is this making sense? Go on in there. I know you're typically vegetarian, but you're going to have to work this out this time. Whatever they give you, you're going to have to eat some of that. Why? Because we are doing a thing. This is a call to action around healing and coming together. And so your little veganism is going, you're going to have to do that when you get to the next place. Because right now, we are doing a thing together. This is a hard teaching. I know some of y'all right now, I can feel the pushback. I ain't doing that. And it's up to you whether you do it and when you do it. But what I'm talking about is the call to action for healing and harmony, health and well-being. Up to you whether you do, if you do, when you do. All I'm talking about is the way, based on what the master teacher has said to the the way this is hooked up. And look, then it says, but do not go from house to house. That's like you're not looking for the better dwelling. Y'all know you. He knows us. Because you know you'd be looking like across the street, look like they they got what I like. And and whatever it would be, wherever you stop, wherever who asks you first. That's where you're going. Hard teaching. Because you'd like to pick and choose. Oh, Lord, I need to just go sit down now and journal. Because we'd really like to choose, wouldn't we? We'd really like to be like, no, I prefer, I I like green. I'm going over there to a little green dwelling. Because they look like people who, they look more like my kind of people. That's not the point. You're going to have to figure a way to have them all be your kind of people. It's a hard teaching. And while you're there, you're going to heal the sick, the infirm. You're going to do what I taught you to do. You're not going to reserve that for just the ones that you want to reserve it for. Why? Because the kingdom of God, it says, here in verse 9, the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. Nigh unto you is right now. It's time, he's saying. That's the harvest motif. It's now is the time to be all that we're going to be, to do all that we can do. So wherever you go, and they receive you, If they don't receive you, he said, no sweat. You just kick that dust off your feet. Which is a way of saying, you're not going to be at the effect of that. So you've been rejected. So they didn't want you. They weren't interested. That's all right. It's It's all working out. All you need to know is that the kingdom of God is come nigh. 
Look here, y'all. John records so much of this as well. But in jo- and in John 14 and 12 is where we find the master teacher saying, timeless truth, I tell you, whoever believes in me, believes. That's a level of, of knowing, of, of setting one's everything on it. Those works which I have done, that one will do also. In fact, that one will do what? Y'all know this. Even greater works. But there's a caveat, y'all. It's only if you believe. (laughs) The one who believes, the one who is engaged in this practice. Because I am going to the presence of my Father, the living one, the strong one. And what I'm leaving you in knowing is that we are one that we are one, no matter what. From May says, from the very start, deep down in our heart, we are one. That is simply the way it is. We are one. Indeed, we are. I want to just remind you of this, this powerful teaching that even greater works than these. These that you've seen done, the signs, the miracles, the healing, even greater shall ye do. How? What we know for sure is it's going to take a certain level of confidence. The one who's going to be doing it is not going to be slinking up in the cut doing miracles. You know, there's something about standing in an awareness of oneness We are one. And that's a powerful awareness when we think about our connection with all humanity. And, you know, when we think about Earth Day and we think about our connection with all. And I wouldn't want us to miss the connection with the divine. The conscious awareness that right where we are right now, each of us individually and collectively, the whole perfect and complete nature of the divine, divine source, the creative process itself, the living one, the strong one, by any name, and there are every culture, every teaching sect has a name for the divine. And the name no offense, does not matter. Because it's either all or it. Do, do you see the ridiculousness sometimes when we want to argue about what you call it? Because it's either all there is. And if it's all there is, it's all the names. So we can like let go of at least that part of it, yes. So this idea of how would we do greater works, one, it would be from an awareness that we are in the same presence that the master teacher, Yeshua, was saying that he was moving into. That we are in that now, always have been, always will be. The key is awareness, consciousness. When I say that, 
it didn't, it didn't ring enough for me when I just said that in my own head. And it's, it's, it's because it's this idea that, that each of us is responsible for our own personal awareness of our relationship with the divine. So, I mean, it is, but you only, you benefit from it according to the degree that you know it is so for you. So if you think that, well, yeah, it kind of is, but it's like over yonder and I'm over here, but it's still, you know, I can feel a little bit of it, then that's an experience and you live in that. But for the one who knows that they are breathing the breath of the divine and that the breath of the divine is breathing them, they are having a different experience. Say that out loud. Yeah, all right. All right, so here we go, that, that it is up to us to, first of all, discern what we're working with and the degree to which we're willing to work with it, in it, as it. That's the will do even greater works. It's based on that, our own personal awareness, our confidence, and our poise in it. Never really thought much about the poise in my understanding and living in principle. But there's the, y'all know poise. That's, you like, I got this. So it's bringing a certain I got it-ness. Yeah, I said that. It's bringing a certain I got it-ness to this. And my sense is that we have to have that. Or we're kind of skimming it off the top. And there's a lot of skimming it off the top living. It's kind of just good enough. But even greater things shall ye do if you get this. Coach John Wooden said this, and this struck me. He says, Poise and confidence. The poise and confidence that's required to really work this, he says it's not possible unless you've prepared correctly. Well, all righty then. You're going to have to do your work first. He said failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Poise and confidence are a natural result of proper preparation. So that's what I think That's what I sense is happening in those days post-resurrection, pre-ascension, when the master teacher is getting the disciples and the apostles ready to to send them out. He's preparing them. He's shifting the mindset like I've been teaching you, but I'm here to let you know you know this. You're going to have to bring some confidence and poise to it. You're going to have to know that first of all, they're not welcoming you at the corner. I am sending you like lambs to wolves. But that's all right. Because the, the wolves can't eat all the lambs. You're you going to have to know something. And be something in order to do even greater works. 
look at here. This is just, sometimes I worry about exposing to y'all the way my mind works. But I want you to see this visual that I created because I feel like the master teacher in his intention to expand and enhance and expand and enhance the capacity of the disciples and the apostles that he's he's really teaching them to master their seven senses now for most of us we think about the five senses five basic ones the sense of touch sense of hearing, sense of smell, sense of taste, sense of sight. All of those he's working on. All of those basics. But beyond that, he's also working on thought and telepathy. Disciplined, intentional thought. And then the vibration that that brings. The telepathy. So now you're thinking beyond you better ask somebody. Come on now. And, and if you think about this, my sense is, at least I identified, and then I spread it over all y'all in my prep for this and thinking that this would be true for all of us on some level. We're going to honor a call to action that even greater things shall we do even gr- out of the greater that we be. You see, those two go together. You're not doing greater things if you're not being greater. So the call to action is the shift at our core. And it's easy, I think I can give the example of honoring the planet. Whatever that means to you. There's some folks who got some real skills and some real awareness, and for the rest of us, we could at least do the trash different. You know what I mean? We could not have the water run so much, Ramondriette. We each can figure out what our part is. What is the change? And I'm going to ask you right now to make some commitment right now. Either even greater, pardon me, even greater things shall we do in the collective. But it's going to be born out of the individualized. Even greater ways shall we be. Even greater shall we be as humans. And so what is it in this call to action? What is it that you are willing to be and do so that we all have a world that works for all? Here's what I know for sure, is that God is all there is. I know that we, in our broadcast, we, we lost our link, so to speak. And so the folks, the live stream is not happening. But I just want to say, because, oh, it's happening now, so y'all can, okay, well, then y'all are, don't, never mind. <laughs> I just, I wanted y'all to know, though, that even though you're not here, I am wanting you to know that that matters. The fact that you're not in the building is not key for me. It matters to me that you get the whole message, that part of the message that's intended for you, 
that aspect, this is true for each and every one of us, including me, that we have opened our minds and our hearts and ways just by tuning in, whatever tuning in means, and that you not miss it by being in any form of resistance, that you stay open, whether you like it or not. I know it can be a hard teaching, and it's our teaching. It's for us. God is all there is. By many, many names. God is just one of them, a dramatic. It's for a group of people. That's why I often say the living one, the strong one. Because I want it to be inclusive. I know Allah, Jehovah. It, it, there's so many names. By any name, God is all there is. Thank you, everyone, for your generosity, for your support of Heart and Soul. A special thanks for Brannis McKenzie and for Tammy Hall for being our musical inspiration today. And thank you to the village of Sacred Service, um, the folks who are doing all of the stuff, the setup, the cleanup, the welcome the all of it certainly our video every bit everything that happens it means that someone is making that possible by their personal generosity and for that i am grateful i want you to know that we see you we love you and we thank god for you and so now i just ask that you join me in prayer and I ask that you, I'm going to call it assume the position, whatever that means to you. It could be that you open your mind in a way that you don't for just the spoken word. Or you open your heart in a way that is more inclusive. Or it might be a posture that you feel like, oh, I got to uncross my legs and my arms, so I sit in a more open and receptive position. I don't know what it is for you. I just invite you to be in your most receptive mode. And join me in this awareness that indeed there is only God. There is only one of us, the living one, the strong one, by any name, the creative principle, permeating absolutely all of life in such a way that I am literally breathing the breath of the divine right now. We all are breathing the breath of the divine. And the divine is breathing each and every one of us. Divine source right now for each and every one of us. The breath that we draw in right now, be in conscious awareness. The breath that we are breathing right now is the breath of the divine source. It is breathing us even as we are breathing it. I am living the life of God. Oh, 
And the life of the living one, the strong one, is living me. And this too is true for each and every one of us, that we are all living the life of the living one, the strong one. And the living one, the strong one, is living us right now. Each one in his or her own way, in their own way, it is happening right where we are right now. And that reminds me that there is only God. Only the divine, the living one, the strong one, only by any name, everywhere, always present, transforming my experience. Even greater things shall we do. In confidence and poise that the all in all the living one, divine source, the creative principle actively expressing in each and every life is unfolding in perfect order and form. Not according to my human preference, according to the highest and best for all. Oh, I rejoice in this awareness. I rejoice in the empowerment. I rejoice in attuning my seven senses in a way that I am calling forth the divine in and as me. And that I am surrounded by people who are likewise willing and available to divine spirit to up-level their seven senses, expand their awareness, and awaken to the divine. And then to know and know that I know that everything is unfolding in perfect order and form, that my life is blessed beyond a human measure, That all is well in the living one, the strong one, so it must be well right here with me. Not that I don't have something I could complain about, not that I'm not working through something, not that there isn't something that feels out of order and uncomfortable or threatening or that I am like a lamb among wolves. But I know that I am held in the heart of the divine. I know that I am lifted up. And I know that what is true for me is simply true. That's why it's true for me. It's because it's true. What is happening here is me coming into an awareness of the truth and claiming it. So I claim it for myself and I claim it for everyone within the sound of my voice that this is our collective truth. That right where we are right now, the whole perfect and complete nature of the divine is surrounding, enfolding, imbuing, transforming our lives in the most positive and amazing ways that there are healings that have been told to us that are impossible situations circumstances that others have given up on and it's all unfolding in a perfect and divine order 
And I give thanks. I give thanks. Father, I know that thou hearest me always. So even before I see it in form, I give thanks because I see it in mind. I smell it. I taste it. I sense it. I hear it. Telepathically, I know through my intuition, I claim it on behalf of all of us. I claim it now as true, as right, as good, as so. And I release this word, turbocharging it into the perfect activity of law. I let it be, accepting that it's done and done well in the living one, the strong one. And so I rest. I let it be, sealing this by saying, Ashe, Amen. And so it is. Love matters.